0: Welcome to another fantastic episode of Errol Helps Entrepreneurs Increase Visibility, Credibility, and Profitability. Today, we have the best guest to date. You are in store for an incredible amount of value with an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur that sold over a million books, a million copies of his three books. Uh, He has over 20 years experience in business and in information technology. We have Tony J. Salemi uh, with us uh, who... Uh, in this case, actually wrote the foreword for a recent book that I contributed to, "Magnetic Entrepreneur Personality That Attracts." Uh, Tony is an international speaker. He's a human behavioral expert, qualified transformational life coach, and a business success mentor who uses his broad expertise to focus people on empowering all of the eight key areas of life: uh, spiritual, physical, emotional, mental, business, financial, relationship, and love uh, by creating the TJS Evolutionary Method Alarm TM. Uh, trademark. He crafted a one-of-a-kind, integrated, holistic approach to coaching, mentorship, and motivation, becoming a recognized visionary in personal and professional development world. During his six years in practice with clients throughout the UK, United States, Canada, South America, Europe, and Middle East, and Australia, he's an international best-selling and award-winning uh, is uh, best-selling and, and award-winning books: "A Path to Wisdom" and hashtag #Loneliness. As well as Living My Illusion, the Hollywood award-winning coaching documentary. These are all testaments uh, that essentially he's been sought out and he's been endorsed and reviewed by celebrities, personal development experts, and the media globally, including appearances as an expert on Sky, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and their affiliate channels, reaching over 50 million viewers worldwide. And so, with that introduction, we have Tony J. Salemi. Tony, would you like to introduce yourself and? Uh, add anything to that?
1: Uh, Errol, first of all, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And I'm really looking forward to sharing and uh, serving the community you're serving.
0: That, that's fantastic. Well, you know, the our, our community here is really very much focused on entrepreneurship, uh, being that it's focused on increasing visibility, credibility, and profitability. There's so many different ways that we could uh, go about talking about uh, value creation here, Um, I guess in this case, one of the things that we probably want to kind of go through is talking about really kind of moving to uh, focus on a very compelling mission and developing the the right energy to be able to attract the success that we want, monetizing our message and be able to move towards uh, sort of leveling up uh, as we kind of network and collaborate and moving towards higher levels of thought leadership, which I think you've really effectively done. Uh, I know we were, you know, speaking here recently, and you mentioned that you're, you know, in in works to try to, um, in this case, so with Oprah Winfrey, you're you're in the process of trying to get, is it on Oprah's show or to be interviewed with her or um, getting to to, to to that degree? Uh, what exactly is it that you're working on there?
1: Uh, both, basically. It's uh, I absolutely love uh, Oprah's journey, and as a thought leader, it's an amazing synergy that we have at so many levels. And I know that the things that I'm working, uh, they're also very close to her heart. And also the things that she's working are very close to my heart. And also we both have people in our own personal life that we love and uh, share, but we still haven't met uh, the two of us. So some of my clients actually sent a copy of my books to her and I'm working towards really being interviewed by her and potentially created some collaboration on serving more people.
0: That's phenomenal, and that's, um, you mentioned serving other people, and that, when we think of entrepreneurship, that seems as if it's almost at the heart of entrepreneurship and having a mission to do that, uh, you know, your, your mission is to uh, in this case, is to elevate the, uh, the lives of, uh, of one billion people, teaching them uh, essentially how to, to be more empowered. Yeah. Is, that, is that fair? Yes.
1: I mean, my mission is to really inspire men and women of all nationalities, creeds, colors to become truly purposeful and disciplined masters, first of all, of themselves and dedicated and inspired leaders, teachers and healers who help others awaken their innate infinite wisdom and love. Because when you do that, you actually can encourage people into action to go from where they are to simply live a very inspired, meaningful and purposeful life. Now, my vision, uh, because you have two parts of it, the vision and the mission, is the vision is to actually be able to teach those empowerment principles to educate, elevate and awaken the hearts of one billion people through all the different coaching, mentoring programs that I do, books, uh, podcasts, radio interviews, uh, seminars, uh, talks, uh, the films and documentaries which I started doing in the last two years to really reach more people. And
0: now, how how important and how important would you say it is to have a mission as an entrepreneur and? How is it that you think that somebody works to sort of develop that or refine that so that they're able to serve more people?
1: Uh, It's extremely important, Errol. Um, uh, There are two things that I see with a lot of people who I work with. One is unclear mission and vision. And two is, uh, I would say, average vision and mission. Now, if I were to give you a metaphor, I love teaching a lot of people through using powerful metaphors. If you were to, let's say, uh, work all year and you've been looking for this two weeks holiday to go somewhere with yourself, with your family, with your loved ones, and you want to really treat them for uh, for the whole year of work, you would not show up at the airport without having the destination, without researching the place where you're taking your family, without booking your hotel, without booking your transport services, without actually looking at What activities is in there without looking at the weather, without looking at the transport that will take you to the hotel, from the hotel, from your house to the stop? So all of this takes a lot of planning for you to create that experience. Now, vision and mission, it's as important as that even more. And without having this clear plan behind that, which is aligned to who you are as an entrepreneur, uh, you'll be going through what I shared earlier on through trial and error and then giving yourself almost this fake encouragement that that's how life is. Where in truth, you can actually learn principles and methodologies and have a clear plan and clarity how the vision and the mission you may be on can be aligned with your true authentic values, but not the injected values, the values that you may have learned uh, as you were growing up. Or your partners may impose on you, or the religion, or the society, or the travel, or the schools you went through. Because when you tap in into what truly uh, inspires you, and I don't use the word motivation, although you used that into uh, my introduction. Uh, for me, um, I replace motivation with inspiration, because along the journey that, as an entrepreneur. I realized that motivation was something outside and something which is not permanent. But when you awaken people uh, from within and you align them with a true authentic self, this is where people live from that space of inspiration and then go about their mission and vision through being inspired, not being motivated.
0: I, I appreciate that. I, I definitely can see the, the difference in being inspired being inspired versus being motivated. And I think it's interesting. So you're making a clear distinction between the vision and the mission as two sort of distinctly different, uh, you know, different, different things. So the vision might be, I guess, what it is the overall thing that you want to accomplish and what that looks like to you and why it's exciting or why it's interesting or why it's compelling. And then the mission is sort of the, the, the rationale as to why, so why Uh would you be
1: on that mission or making it, is that, is that Correct. about right? For my why would be to inspire men and women of all nationalities uh, to be able to use those uh, teachings that have been developed over 30 years to transform their lives, to have a perfect health, to have an amazing conscious relationship, to become better leaders in their society, to resolve a unique planetary problem, no matter where it may be. But uh, the vision, on the other hand, is saying, okay, it's one billion people. Imagine what the the earth could look like imagine what uh, leadership could look like if more people were to work on themselves and then align themselves so they are peaceful with themselves so pretty much exactly what you said
0: and now how would you say so in this case everybody has a story everybody has a a very unique and I like how you, you brought that up about the authenticity of the values that we have, uh-huh. and uh, everybody has a story. So your story for you know this this mission that you're on, it's it's truly outstanding, and it's unique, and it has a lot of momentum there, and it's 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 phenomenal. Where did this start? So how where where does your story begin, and how did you kind of get to this road to where you're on this incredible mission? You've done all these things that you, that you've done. And uh, perhaps we can talk a little more about those. But how did you get started on this mission? What, what's, what's, the, what's your story, Tony? Uh,
1: as long as I can remember, Errol, I was born in Gostivar in Western Macedonia, which is former Yugoslavia in Europe for people who don't know where it is. But it's the land of Alexander the Great, one of the greatest king that uh, mm. uh, we've had. Um, I always felt like I don't belong in this space But not only that, I used to see so much injustice in the society in which I was living, both in a family environment and also school and also state and everything else. And when people used to limit me about what I can or cannot do as a child, I used to look up in the skies and I said, we have this like infinite sky. And why are we limiting one one another? Why are we hurting one another? Why are we judging because of the color of our skin, or the religion we belong to, or the school we go to, the family we're born into, the clothes that we wear, the, uh, the education that we have. I wanted to really to know the answers to life. I wanted to know the origins of life. I wanted to know uh, what stars represent. I wanted to know the cosmos how we relate to cosmos and how we relate to one another, while at the same time I've been limited to you're not good enough factor. So that curiosity for me developed at a very young age. And also because I went through a lot of adversity and I went through a lot of bullying at high school, in the school that I I was one of the top uh, physicists. But also at a young age, I was um, hit by an illness that left me paralyzed and almost lifeless in hospital for two and a half years. Now, uh, I was given like three days to live. Now, my parents took me to those spiritual teachers that uh, told my mother that one day I will go around the world and do a lot of incredible work and I'll be a master healer and I'll be traveling, I'll be homes everywhere. uh, And what they meant is like I will have uh, people who follow my word. Uh, they, They went back to him and said, well, he's dying. Your predictions are wrong. And they embraced me and they kept taking me for the next six months. I spent hospital and going to this old man in the middle of the mountain with no electricity, with candles, who was doing energetic work with me, spiritual work, meditation, breathing exercises, stuff like that. And six months down the line, arrow, I started really going from dying into perfect health. And this was another a curiosity in me saying, how is it possible? that a man who lives in the mountain, isolated, knows more than a doctor. How is it possible that a doctor told my parents I have three days to live and this guy laughed at my parents and saying, uh, it's just a test. So I also became extremely curious about the methods and uh, the healing techniques he used to teach me at a very young age. uh, Why other people don't know about this? Why schools don't teach about this? And how come sometimes people die quickly and others don't? So what made, what made me different who not dying and other children who were in the same hospital kept dying every single night? So for me, it, it really started at a young age, but to top it up, uh, for most of your listeners may know or may not know the 10 years of civil war in former Yugoslavia, which destroyed everything. And I was taken from school, trained to be a sniperist, and fight a civil war I deep down despised. So I've simply lost faith in everything that I've built so far. I lost faith in humanity, I lost faith in religion, I lost faith in God. How is it possible that those terrible things are happening to my family, to people I grew up with, to the country, to the identity, everything I knew collapsed. And then by some form of miracle, I end up homeless on the streets of London, finding myself crying, without family, without money, without ability to communicate in English or friends or roof over my head. And I'm asking the same question. What's the purpose of life? Why is this all happening to me? What is it that I need to learn and I need to uh, uh, teach and grow? So there were so many events that really, in a way, shaped me to actually continue to focus, to work extremely hard and then learn at the same time and also bring teachers to support me in my personal healing journey, as well as my building my credibility as an expert, as an engineer, as a technologist, as a program manager, CIO, and all the different titles. So on this journey, really, I learned a lot of tools and experiences that I, by default, wanted to share to help other people not to go through the same pain, but being able to accelerate, elevate, and advance their human potential, and what is it they have to uh, do in this world, and for the time they have in this world.
0: That's that's phenomenal. Wow, that's so. You were when you were in London, you said that you you didn't know how to speak English at that at that time. Is that
1: correct? Uh, absolutely correct. I spoke did I, did Albanian. I right? Yes, you got it right. Uh, I spoke Albanian. I spoke uh, Macedonian, and I spoke uh, Serbo-Croat. But the only thing I could say in English was, I love you. (laughs) That that was the only thing I could say. (laughs) And hello. And what's your name? Those were the basic words (laughs) on the streets of London for, you know, um, when I arrived in London. Okay, wow. And
0: so... So now the, you, you worked in, te- in technology for, you said, for about 20 years. So you transitioned basically. So from there, then even to then go to school, how, that, that must have been a transition to to go from there to then the uh, transition into the, um, the career in technology, I think, as well, correct?
1: Well, I studied at one of the top four universities in UK, University College London. I studied engineering with management studies. And part of the management studies is about studying psychology and organizational behavior. Because I always wanted Mm. this bridge between technology and people. And I wanted to, because I was, um, I would say, um, an adult student. And I started my university at the age of 23. Uh, Most people at my age, they already finished their university. But most people didn't go through civil war. They didn't go through being uprooted from everything they know into a new country. So, in a way, I was in a mature student with much uh, focused mind than anybody in my staff. So, I won many awards. Uh, even though I won the Lord Mayor uh, Award in maths, I was one of the top math students. And so, studying engineering and management uh, helped me to fast track myself and um, fast track my career in technology. And I first started working for uh, Traffic Directors for London, which is the company that manages all the traffic systems in London. And then during that process, uh, um, uh, within six months, I went from uh, serving coffee and tea to running the entire help desk system uh, for traffic director. And my first manager, Alan, he gave me the opportunity uh, because when I walked in, I saw this uh, disorganized technology department And this is going back to my values, which is my mother taught. she was very organized, very clean. And she had to run a couple of restaurants and hundreds of people who she had to manage. So I learned. And on top of that, I I, I grew up in a farm. So I had to do farm work while I was studying at the same time. So I learned those organizational skills from a very young age. So when I was given the opportunity after university to work in an IT department as serving coffee and tea, the first thing I looked at them and I said, oh, my God, this is a mess. How do you work? You know? <laughs> and then I spent like almost like 12 weeks literally creating this perfect IT department. And my manager saw what my capabilities were. So he instantly um, put me as a help desk manager. And I reorganized the entire health systems and I put processes in place and everything else and reports that management could actually find out really what are the issues, which then were used to actually upgrade technology and create better systems, better software, better communication. And as part of that journey, then I was made a network manager because uh, eight different government departments were merged, merging and were merging in the TFL umbrella, which is now one of the biggest companies that manages everything about London. And I was given the task to actually consolidate the different IT systems and the technology and the backend infrastructure uh, to set it up for the evolution that happened in the next 20 years. So that really helped me very quickly to um, grow within the self as an expert in technology. And then I was uh, headhunted. I worked on different projects for like Sun Microsystems and implementing financial software, Sun Accounts. And then I was recruited by um, um, retail companies because they wanted me to take them and consolidate and align technology strategically with the goals, the vision, mission, and purpose of the company. But not only that, being able to extract intelligent information from data gathering of all their products and services, which is around the world, but also embed uh, every customer detail in the sales processes and starting really aligning the sales with the manufacturing uh, and with service department. So the directors could actually have uh, every year when they would set up uh, what the company will do, they have clear information for the growth that went from 2 million to 50 million.
0: Very interesting, and so, so from, so from there then, the, the transition from, from there to more entrepreneurial sort of focused pursuit, uh, how, did, how did that happen? Can you tell us about that transition from technology uh, field to then moving more entrepreneurially, working on some of these projects that have mushroomed into everything that it is today?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, what I shared earlier, Nero, it's um majority of people I meet around the world who are entrepreneurs, they have two reasons to be entrepreneurs. One is they experience tremendous pain that in a sense forced them to become entrepreneurs and find the solution to the uh, adversity they're experiencing in that moment in time. And the other one, you have entrepreneurs who actually have known all their life they're entrepreneurs, so they never worked in the corporate world. So for me, I'm the other one, which is basically worked in the corporate world and in 2008 throughout the financial crisis that you know millions of people around the world lost their job in 2009, I was told after I make half of my team redundant that I built for nine years, I'll be the last one to be made redundant. And my pain was at the time, uh, as you know, I had family uh, in a war zone, uh, the worst stopped, but you know, they had so many side effects and I had so many financial responsibility. And it was more about the people that I cared that I didn't have the finances to continue to help those people. But also, you know, I had, other commitments, financial commitments, and I find myself that somebody is telling me uh, whether I'm worth or not. So I literally I became, despite the fact that I created this success for almost 20 years, overnight my my life changed. And that really made me question, is this it? Uh, do I live my success, my life, my purpose, my uh, ability to generate wealth and have the quality of life I want in other people's hands. And it's almost this environment that got created in 2008, 2009, which is still now relevant, a uh, toxic environment for people to work in the corporate world, where people do not feel valued, where people's personal values are not aligned to companies' values. And I understand fully that companies are there to generate wealth, but um, not at the expense of their workforce. Uh, Because the workforce is what generates the wealth. And for me, when I was made redundant, I really questioned again. I I went like, oh, my God, I'm just almost faced the the homelessness again after 20 years of building this incredible life and salary and everything else. And I still took some time to self-reflect about what can I do to make a bigger impact? How can I honor my true knowing that was always there, present within myself, being able to travel the world and teach and help others become better leaders, better human beings, better uh, people in their own relationship and grow their businesses and monetize their wisdom and all this learning. I simply didn't want to treat people like a computer that we throw every three years or five years because that's what we did in technology. Every, we had a plan every five to seven years to replace all the hardware and then send this hardware to some undeveloped country in the world. And we implement new hardware. And I said, I mean, some companies got it wrong. You know, you have people who work for the company for 30 years and they have tremendous knowledge and wisdom. And instead of using that wisdom to prepare for the next cycle of growth, they will act on fear and get rid of people. And I said, I don't want to be part of this. I want to go back and support the corporate world with bringing together psychology, bringing together empowerment tools, bringing together mindfulness, spiritual symbiosis, which I talk about in my talk, and to help not only elevate leaders, but actually transform the organizational well-being and the inspiration with the organization so they can become more successful together as a unit, but also uh, be seen by the society in which they live as something which is in symbiosis with it. Because if the company is not in symbiosis with the environment in which it operates, You will have a lot of problems. So that pain I had inside of me forced me to uh, do another MBA course, mini MBA, entrepreneurial MBA, through which I published my first book and I created my own unique trademark methodology which I said, I'm gonna use this just the way I've done for 20 years, upgrading infrastructure, hardware and software. I'm gonna create a tool that does the same for people and upgrades that I would say um, caveman operating system brings them to brilliance 5.0 5. 5. that can actually uh, help them consciously regenerate their reality in which they feel fulfilled, meaningful, and have a purpose in their life.
0: Well, I think, I think that um, that is very interesting and a really good sort of transition. Uh, I like what you're talking about here about the the value and the personal values and the change in companies and it one of the things that's really been uh, getting me very excited about this social media you know LinkedIn and overall what I've looked when I'm looking at with the technology that's available uh, is the the new focus on value and how we need to brand and we need to uh, really key in on our stories to Um, our authentic stories to figure out how we can provide more value for people. I know Seth Godin just uh, wrote a book called this is marketing and the way that he breaks down within that book about the essence of marketing and providing value. It's almost like there's this change because of the technology and the access to information where we're able to communicate with people. We're able to get more information where companies, the whole cultural uh, concept of the company and the value and the service it's all evolving in a way, and um, you know, on a small scale, I guess, is that people are realizing that they can be more entrepreneurial, but they need to focus on this value creation. And uh, it's interesting if you are kind of working on sort of bringing that value out and bringing a system to it to break down. It's I think it's a it's a real difficult and challenging concept to break down for a lot of people uh, that haven't been focused on that for so long or don't get that that's part of what's available online. Uh, currently with
1: technology? Yes, I mean, technology is shaping every area of our life. Um, one of the key challenges for most people, it is how do they align their life in alignment with what technology can do for them. And uh, because of my background in technology, for me, that's easy. So part of the package that uh, my clients get when I coach them is being able to have this um, laser eye-focused on their company and the technology they use and see how is that strategically working or not working for them and what is the blockages that they have in there. But the other challenge is, is basically people spend a lot of time on technology um, which can cost millions and trillions of amount of money. And then another challenge is how people's emotions are being manipulated through technology. So this is why when I, uh, when I get hired, I, I ask some Very deep questions, first of all, of what's working in the company. And that could be people, could be processes, could be methodology they use, could be their sales, could be their marketing, could be their leadership, could be the way they communicate, could be the way they actually have uh, charitable courses that they support. It doesn't matter. because As human beings, we tend to focus on what's not working in our lives. And companies do the same. And to just to break the ice with certain teams that I worked with, I just become extremely curious about how did they arrive in this space? Both the good side of it, meaning the success they've created. So I go back in what you shared earlier on about the story. And then I'm looking and saying, okay, so where are you heading? And this is most people fail in two processes. One is to acknowledge Uh, the story that helped them create the current reality. And the first principle of my methodology is acknowledgement. So when you bring people to their own acknowledgement and to their own awareness of that acknowledgement, they can actually see with clarity what, uh, how everything they've done and how every story they have, both the good and the bad, has brought them into this moment and how then from that moment, from all that learning, we can use that to create a bridge to where they want to go. And sometimes that bridge could be miles long. Other times it could be simply a very small bridge. And at other times it could be an ocean that they need a ship to safely transport everything what they have in this moment in time to the perceived reality of success, whatever they may be in the future. And then I help them reorganize the space in between so they can have clarity of the steps they need to take to get there safely. Yeah, so it's
0: almost like what you'd be focusing on are really the base fundamentals inside. It's almost like the iceberg and everything below, getting everything set so you have that clarity of vision and you see everything and you know what that is. And you get that momentum to kind of be able to to move forward with that clarity and vision.
1: Absolutely. I mean, my focus in everything I do, Arrow. Er- it's, first of all, in my own life, uh, then in people I serve, people I love, everything else. I've always had this, even the, uh, uh, the close friend who is a, a finance director of a big company here in, in Miami. Who, I've been his mentor and uh, a spiritual teacher. Is basically said to me, Tony, since I've known you from a very young age, your focus was on the welfare of humanity. You weren't talking about one person. You weren't talking even at the age of 24 when he met me. You are talking about the welfare of humanity because even then having experienced this like collapse of the identity that i have and the country and so much loss that i experienced i realized that uh, the uh, uh, um, the welfare of humanity uh, when we focus on that uh, it really depends on vitality of every human being and It depends on every human being understanding his physical environment, his living forces, and non-living materials within the cells and in the environment in its functions. So I wanted to really commit uh, into learning and researching the different sciences, the different religions, the different philosophies that underlie the behavior of men, refer to both genders, both men and women. And what is it that I could create for the advancement of his understanding and wisdom of self and others. Because when you elevate people and help them to do this deep process, we naturally become this loving connected people that we connect through a common good. And uh, this is where basically we start really thinking at a bigger level. And this is where we step into our true greatness and power, which is basically saying, okay, What is this big thing that I'm capable, not through illusion, delusions, but capable with clarity to do for myself, for my business, for my family, for people I work with, for my social environment, for my town, for my country, for humanity. Because humanity is the last part of that equation. If you're not good in doing those things at a smaller level, there's no way Uh, Whether it's God, whether it's universe, whether it's whatever you believe in will give you that support structure for you to operate at a a global level. So I had to go through all of those levels to master those levels, being able to go to a whole new level where I could share with more people, but with a grounded energy. And this is what people love about the work that I do wherever I go. They get falling in love just in the way I'm talking to them.
0: Yeah, the the depth of the mission, and and that is, it's just it's incredibly compelling. And so, when I think here too of more of the the audience and the entrepreneurs that would be listening, again, you know, you've created an incredible abundance of success in this case that's come out of this. You know, one million books uh, sold, uh, over you know two hundred TV and radio stations. You have an award-winning documentary. Um, you know, I know you just you just did a, a you know, a five-day coaching uh, that you said was uh, almost, it was ended up probably should have charged more. I think it, it was $60,000 for that time. Um, and in this case, overall, you know, created a lot of wealth. And this all really started though, from focusing in on this value and this mission, and then you embarked on it and everybody may have a different story, but at the same time where they start, seems like where they start to really have a lot of success and they're attracting it and building, uh, comes from this mission and getting on this mission. And so from here, essentially, this is kind of, I think a high level overview with some depth to it of your mission. But so from there then you transition to in terms of with the books, were those kind of the first step to kind of, obviously you're networking throughout this time, uh, but uh, was it sort of writing your first book that was kind of the first big step with a path to wisdom? Uh, What was that first step for you for sort of branching out with the thought leadership and some more of uh, taking things from there?
1: I think there were many baby steps before, Errol. And the baby steps started when I started working with a lot of spiritual teachers from around the world who taught me many healing techniques, which I left behind after the pain I experienced through being uprooted from former Yugoslavia. So while I was building my technology world, I was serving as a healer. And I was okay. being paid as a healer. And I didn't want to move to one or the other until uh, the level of knowledge and awareness I had could truly create a deep transformation in another human being. But when I left the corporate world, this is where I wanted to create something that uh, brings everything together. What What is it about me and everything I've gone through that glues everything together? And it was that simply that... Uh, been able to share everything I've gone through to uh, better the welfare of fellow human beings. And when I sat down and wrote the book, the book gave me the, not my personal foundation only, because it uh, created a very strong foundation for the growth I was seeking in my personal self, but also the growth I was seeking in my business, in my products, in my services, and how those can be used to create growth for other people. So a path to wisdom, how to live a balanced and healthy and peaceful life, were three things that I understood that every human being, no matter where you are on your journey, whether you are at the beginning of your journey, where you are extremely poor and maybe are thinking about your journey, whether you are extremely rich, we all crave for inner balance. And I've met many entrepreneurs who focus 24 hours on building their businesses and bringing wealth for whatever reasons they may have, who lose their health in the process. I've met so many millionaires and billionaires who basically have health issues. They've created the stuff, but they hire my services to support them on that. So I really realized at this level that basically people wanted this balance. They wanted perfect health because when you have health, you are capable of going to serve more people. And when people tell me otherwise, I said to them, have you ever been in hospital? Have you ever actually been almost like being wired to so many different tubes, keeping you alive? Do you really think somebody will listen to you from that space that you want to try and change a company or an organization or anything else. It's illogical for us even to think that without health we can do something. So when you have that great health, the, the next part which really can a- awaken your entrepreneurial vision and mission, it's when you find this inner peace. And this is for me uh, the symbiosis of both of my scientific brain And my technology brain, my mathematical brain, my logical brain with my emotional brain and my desire to understand the unseen and the healing world and bringing them together that really created this masterful process that uh, for nine years now I've been teaching others that they can use to truly transform. And that was for me the click, the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey where I said, Okay, I'm ready now to share with the world everything I've learned so far uh, for betterment of other people's lives and then create products and services that everything I've done in the corporate world and helping big companies uh, generate tremendous wealth. I said I'm able to generate that for myself and then be able to do bigger things and better things for others.
0: got it so you got you got clear on what the resources were and so from from there the first work that was a path to wisdom and then hashtag loneliness, and then living my illusion? Was that the progression? Yes.
1: I mean, basically, after Path to Wisdom, two years down the line, I, I started having so many clients consulting with me either via Skype or they would fly me to work intensively for a weekend too. two. And wherever I was going, I looked at the next problem I wanted to resolve, and that was the loneliness problem. So the hashtag loneliness was created as a call to p- people's soul for connection, for more love, and to embrace life and also... Uh, this fear about where technology is taking us and how we can take advantage of that and consciously being able to consciously create technologies for betterment of our life and fellow human beings. And then uh, the uh, Living My Illusion uh, documentary series, uh, real-life coaching documentary series, was co-created with my existing clients who actually own a big technology company in UK, Vandercom. And they hired me to uh, uh, coach their business and their teams to um, um, create a million pound reoccurring income every single month. And, but on that journey, what I realized is that the owners of uh, the company um, had personal problems, and they were a couple. And I'm able to share this information because it's a public information domain. And they felt so inspired to really understand all the things they, they put under the carpet that uh, they both started working with me and uh, the idea was born and co-created between the us. What would happen if we filmed this and we show with no uh, editing what really happens to a successful person? Because most people have this false illusion that uh, successful people don't have problems. And what uh, I realized in this process with my client, that he simply was going through midlife crisis. And the reality is there's so much science behind that, but nobody has ever approached to address the midlife crisis of an entrepreneur, of a leader, of somebody who created a big business from zero, and somebody who's married, has a child, has a daughter, uh, and everything that most men would love to have, he actually created. But inside of himself, he was collapsing. And this is where our path crossed. I was doing a private talk in Mayfair uh, in in London. And um, he actually saw the queue of people wanting to buy my books. And I was signing books. He enjoyed the talk and everything I shared in the talk. And the title of the talk was, I remember very clearly, it's who's the driver of your life. And every word I shared uh, in that talk, it hit him. And I could see him in the distance. He had tearful eyes, crying. So he approached me and he said to me, Tony, who are you? And I said, Tony. And I started laughing and joking a bit uh, about things. He said, no, really, I want to know who you are. Because every word, as if you literally were directing that to my soul. And he said, I would like to book you for a consultation when you're available. I said, here's my PA. You can arrange your diary. Straight away, he booked a consultation uh, for the next day. And he said to me, I also would like to take you out for dinner at one of the top restaurants in London. And I never say no to a good food and somebody taking me out. <laughs> so basically, a conversation, uh, two-hour uh, uh, consultation turned into an eight-hour dinner. At the end of that dinner, he said to me, where's your contract? I will sign anything you are selling me. And mm-hmm. from there, it's basically he felt so inspired. He wanted to become an agent of this work and how millions, if not billions, will be able to benefit from that. Because every human being will go through a midlife crisis. And the effect on each human being is different. Many people, they even go through depression. They go through mental health. They go through suicide. And uh, other people, they go through divorce. They leave their families, their children. Uh, You know, they go through Mm. uh, cocaine and uh, uh, sex addiction, all sorts of stuff. People change through that. And on the other hand, for women in menopause, there's a lot of wonderful support out there. And what most women uh, probably don't understand, is the deep, deep effect on a man when they go through midlife crisis and how that affects them. So my both clients, both Joel and Timia, who are the stars in my documentary, they felt so compelled to share their pain as it is, with no masks. That's why one of the tagline is called, it's time to take off the mask. And their vulnerability and their openness and sharing made this documentary a global phenomenon where we've won now more than eight awards around the world and we've been nominated a few more but now when i go back to london i also have a a meeting with channel four because uh, they actually want to commission the next 25 episodes and the reason is five uh, 25 episodes because my clients get to learn my methodology although it's a five-step methodology which is the main message around this when you acknowledge the science of love, you achieve phenomenal results and you create the miracles of life. But it actually is 25 principles to do that, to really uh, awaken the miracles of life and attract them into your life. So in reality, when we started uh, sharing ideas about where this could go, it's about bringing different clients with different issues that have helped Uh, to help other people to use the documentary as a self-reflective mirror through which they can walk away, question themselves, what is my next step? I acknowledge this is the issue in my life, but why is it that I'm not making the big step for me to address it? And most people hide away and they have many layers. And until an expert comes into your life through powerful questioning to start peeling off those layers. So we wanted to address, first of all, midlife crisis. Uh, And there's many more that we're doing, but what I'm actually doing in the background, we're teaching those 25 principles through real life people's story. Uncut, unedited. So few other clients that I have, one of them suffered 22 years error with mental health issues. On top of that, epilepsy. Now, three years working with me, epilepsy is fully gone. And we've got about 80% success rate on healing so many different mental health issues he had, OCD, that he stopped taking, I don't know, about 25 pills he was taking when I met him. So I know and I have this unquestionable belief with changing one's psychology, they can bring their body, mind, heart, soul in alignment and with the life, with the health they want to create. So this is how everything evolved because I didn't even imagine as an entrepreneur one day I'll end up being a filmmaker and writing scripts and being able to transform my clients' stories into documentaries. So I didn't imagine about how much money I'm going to make out of it. What I imagine is how many people would benefit sitting in there and saying, oh my God, that's me. That's me lying. That's me doing this. That's me behaving like this. That's me lying to my wife. That's me lying to my kid. That's me not loving my kid. That was the intention behind that. And this is what my clients, both Timmy and Joel, they were in tears when they realized that despite them paying me a lot of money, I was there to improve their lives, to improve their health, to improve their relationship with each other, to improve, to honor their own truth without arguing like cat and dogs.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's phenomenal. I think that uh, that's a, it's an incredible, <laughs> it's a really an incredible project.
1: Yes, I'm very blessed well, to be able to attract clients who, um, first of all, they invest in themselves and to do the work, but then uh, be inspired to take what the work is about and create things that they can help other people.
0: Well, I want to I want to share that in this case as it relates to this. So, I one thing I know we've been talking here for for a bit. I wonder if we may. Kind of be able to transition to uh, kind of ending out talking about this uh, concept that I think relates to that. And maybe what resonated so much with me with your work is this idea that you've talked about of this spiritual symbiosis. And one of the things that's really gotten me kind of dialed into entrepreneurship and it's got me very much dialed into LinkedIn and to social media is this push towards entrepreneurship and uh, why people are pursuing success. Uh, what is the why and what is the motivator? And when somebody does fail, which is at the heart of entrepreneurship, uh, the strength of their why and their passion and what that's rooted in, or uh, that's what's going to determine whether or not they get up. And then also, as people are pursuing success, they may find that maybe the success that they're having, they're not satisfied with they're happy with. And it started captivating my, my idea in terms of the um, the deeper concepts and the, different di- the deeper reasons of why somebody would pursue success. And when you talk about emotional intelligence or heart centered leadership or servant leadership, uh, you get into certain areas. I think maybe a lot of entrepreneurs are not as much focused on. But I think that that's as evidenced with the work that you're doing um, that very clearly uh, there's room and, and need to speak about these uh, about emotional intelligence, heart centered leadership and more of the deeper meanings of, of why we're pursuing success.
1: Um, I strongly believe, with all of my heart, Errol, that we are wired uh, to generate success, whatever the form success takes in our life. And we also wired to uh, help one another, and we also wired to innovate and co-create. But we also wired to challenge one another, to actually go against one another, to damage one another. So, as an elevated entrepreneur, you actually have a slightly higher awareness of uh, your journey to success and understanding what success for you means. Uh, When I was interviewed in one of the biggest uh, TV stations in Balkans, uh, uh, the media person who's interviewed all the celebrities and all the politicians, the leaders, uh, she's heard about my work, but she never really had the opportunity to experience for real my energy and what i'm about to share on her show she was almost in tears in her own show because one of the questions she said to me like uh everybody that i've chased and i've had on my show which is very popular they chased fame and you ended up in the media's eyes not through fame not through being a celebrity but through actually humbly sharing your story and why you're doing what you do And I said, having been this uh, child who's gone through so much, I believe that every child deserves uh, to have a quality of life. And that does not mean just because we live in the West that the child children in some poor countries don't deserve the same as we have. What I believe is basically if we as entrepreneurs uh, collectively uh, bring solutions to real life problems, I believe we can truly uh, transform the direction in which our planet is moving. Now, for sure, there are more and more people awakening to emotional intelligence and the power emotional intelligence has in leadership and in organizations Mm -hmm. and how performance, productivity and profits can improve as a way of uh, helping leaders and senior management and employees to be more emotionally aware. Now, I have seen for 20 years the damage that one person can create in a team or in an organization. And a lot of people are aware that one bad word can really travel very fast. And you could be doing 10 years of good work and that word does not travel. So emotional intelligence Uh, together with spiritual intelligence and together with heart intelligence and together with what I say technology intelligence can truly unlock the power of leadership and the power of business and the power of what business can do for community, for society, for humanity. Because uh, business is a driving force of the economy. And unfortunately, most political leaders, most people who are happen to uh, create policies, they don't have business background. They don't see the bigger picture of the awareness. And this is why we have those different movements driven by nationalism and extremism around the world, not just in America. So this is like, for instance, how Brexit happened. But what's shocking, Errol, it's like people get to learn that whatever that may have been, for instance, for us in Britain, Brexit was based on lies, was based on... uh, Uh, wrong information, was based on other uh, uh, countries such as Russia interfering with uh, the democracy of our elections. And despite all of that that was proven, the leadership, our government is pursuing this blind idea and ideology which will take us 100 years back. Now, the kind of elevated leadership doesn't do that. A leader for me is somebody who's able to raise their awareness and reassess every situation in every moment in time. Because situation changes. With situational changes, our decisions change. Our awareness changes. And where we see like globally, the politics that's happening, we're having leaders who are not emotionally intelligent, who are not spiritually intelligent, who don't have heart intelligence, and we don't have a common vision for the planet we all share. And that's what the problem is.
0: Well, very good yeah it sounds like again putting putting things down to the core of the of the mission and the, the vision that somebody has that that's uh, seems to be where people need to focus uh, well you know tony i want to be respectful of your time and I, I really do appreciate all this time that you've given me for anybody that's you know listening on here on the podcast we also did a facebook live that's available uh in uh, in linkedin mastery which is the uh, community that i have on uh, facebook for entrepreneurs uh, we really got some phenomenal, uh, phenomenal information that's recorded there, and I really appreciate your, you know, sharing your time with us today, Tony. Um, I guess just to kind of to kind of round things out here, we'll definitely put in uh, links and information for how people can connect with you and follow your journey and be inspired. And I, I really appreciate also everything you shared about the uh, documentary. Uh, can you tell me the, the name of the documentary uh, that is? Live, um, living My Illusion.
1: Is- Yes, yes. one it's called the truth hurts. This is where we bring people to the realization of how many lies we tell ourselves, which usually, um, uh, I would say, hide away the different pains and different separations we have within ourselves and not being able to share it with others from the fear of being judged.
0: That's phenomenal, phenomenal. Well, to round things out, anything else that you would uh, like to share or draw people's attention to or uh, anything of that that comes to, to mind for you at the, at the moment?
1: Sure. If uh, uh, all of this has inspired this, uh, anybody who's listening, by all means they can connect and find ways to connect with me on my website, which is tonyselimi.com, T-O-N-Y-S-E-L-I-M-I.com. And you have all the social links in there. And I would love to leave your audience with one idea worth sharing. Um, elevated leadership is not a choice we must make as entrepreneurs. It is a destiny that we collectively, consciously must create.
0: That That's phenomenal that we can write that down and, and break that down. I think there's, there's quite a lot there. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Errol. All
0: right, Tony, have, have a great day. Thank you, Thank you so much.